Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Wygen. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. A wonderful pleasure once again today as the Minnesota Vikings get yet another victory, as expected, 24-16 over the Baltimore Ravens, 5-2, and and in sole possession of first place in the NFC North. Yes, this is a year where Aaron Rodgers has been injured, but he was just injured last week. It's not like he was injured before the start of the season. So, yes, it does count for something. Uh, the Vikings, sole possession of first place. Who, who'd have thunk it? Bradford going down with that uh, bone bruise and all that. And, you know, you, you just know the rest. I mean, Case Keenum took over. Good times, bad times, this and that. He was the Coast Guard against uh, Tampa Bay. I still like to call him that, but I kind of have neglected that conversation. And uh, he's just proven to be a valuable backup quarterback. And then all the conversation about Teddy Bridgewater continuing to increase as since, since the last show, he is now officially cleared to play and all that. He's been practicing and he's been getting back up to speed. And one day Teddy Bridgewater will be the quarterback of this team. And games like today kind of tell you that, yes, the special skills factor and all that, you know, Case Keenum has some special skills, but Teddy, I think Teddy has a little bit more, and that's why you'd consider uh, Teddy Bridgewater, even though the injury was so significant and so scary. Hey, if he's been cleared to practice by the doctors, you know what, that's a good sign. That means he's Teddy Bridgewater again, at least, hopefully. <laughs> I don't know why they cleared Stan Bradford to play a couple of weeks ago, but I guess they did. Well, luckily, Kai Forbath was cleared to play, right? Because, not that he was hurt or anything, but uh, the guy can make field goals. It's just one dog on extra point. I mean, he'd be a Fran Tarkenton with a bullet today, or would he? But at least offensively, he made, sheesh, I mean, he made so many kicks today, you could almost forget, uh, you almost forgot what the whole goal of football is. Is it to kick field goals or to get in the end zone? Well, Kai Forbath, 6 of 6 from the field, officially, a 52-yarder, a 51-yarder, and then he got a little bit closer, started inching closer, and then he missed an extra point when the Vikings finally got in the end zone. It was just like that that beautiful, beautiful new shirt. You just got it, like, oh my God, wow, you worked so hard for it. You got it, and you just spilled coffee all over it. Kai, make your extra points, okay? Please, Kai, make your extra points, because other than that, Kai Forbath, just awesome, and I'm I'm happy to have him. I mean, he's, he's so accurate, and he's so valuable, and Congratulations on a great day. And if you had a Hinneman fantasy and apparently Justin Mayer Henry out of Colorado, the 2016 Gold Star of the Year Award winner. Yeah, I mean, uh, whew, apparently he had him on fantasy today and that's a lot of points. That's what, uh, sheesh, well, it's 19. No, it is 18 because there's no extra points. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for the missed extra points. So 0 for 1 from there. <laughs> what, 6 for 6 from the field. Awesome. Um, well, this game was pretty much what I expected. I mean, the defense frustrated the hell out of Joe Flacco, who has not been playing well, and he hasn't been having a whole lot of protection in front of him. And, well, I mean, there was, like, no receivers left after Mike Wallace banged his head on the ground, and they forcibly took him out of the game. They would not let him back in, much to his uh, absolute chagrin. He was battling the trainers and other players. He was trying to find his helmet. He wanted to get back in. They took the helmet away. He said, no, you're not going back in. And that was it. Uh, it was like, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play when it came to the receiving core? Flacco had been struggling all year. And, you know, just he, it's, it's like he's looked basically like back when he was a rookie going against Pittsburgh in the NFC or AFC title game years ago where he didn't even belong there. But it was impressive to see the uh, Baltimore Ravens get that far that year back in 2008, I believe. Yes, 2008 when the Steelers went on to win the Super Bowl. Ugh, that was not fun for me, but but it, it happened. Um, Jeremy Macklin and many other wide receivers 
falling like flies. Then you have a bunch of guys I never even heard of them. I mean, you know, obviously Mike Wallace being hurt fairly early in the game after making one catch, banged his head on the ground. Then you have a bunch of guys. Okay, um, you know, I mean, maybe you guys know them a little more than I do. I mean, I'm, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Not uh, mostly like we're talking like. You know, I mean, it's like the Coley's kind of players. You know, Coley's and uh, Coley, Rodney Adams. It's got, it's, it's basically those type of players for Baltimore. Not everybody's heard of them yet. Um, they have every right to make a name for themselves. It's their chance right now. Jarius Wright was awesome, making multiple diving catches today. I'd love to see what Jarius Wright could do. Overall, the passing game today, not so special. Uh, Adam Thielen, though, gosh. Oof. I mean, what do I call today? Push, tug, hold, whatever. But Adam Thielen was, you know, he was targeted 12 times in the game. He made five receptions for only 41 yards. This is not Adam Thielen's fault. Uh, some of the, some of them were in, inaccurate passes by Mr. Uh, Case Keenum, who was not at the top of his game today. But a lot of it, the clutching and grabbing, the holding. Um, the pa- There could have been pass interference in Adam Thielen on some of his catches, one of his few catches. But, um, yeah, it, nothing was getting called. And obviously the defenders of... Baltimore, like Carr and others, were not getting, I mean, were taking advantage of the situation. They were not getting flags. Um, <laughs> Laquan Treadwell, the one ball he didn't catch in today's game. Now, he was nothing spectacular at all in today's game. It was tipped up in the air and intercepted very early in the game. In fact, it was the first pass for Case Keenum after a wonderful kick return from our buddy Marcus Sherrills, a guy that was, uh, <laughs> I was treating him like, like we forgot who he was. And then he had a kick kick return and went a long ways, took us well into good field range. Case Keenum wants to take the wind out of the sails of Baltimore, and what happens? Tipped, intercepted. Thank you very much by Laquan Treadwell. Yay. But um, that's kind of the story of the offense today. Kind of, uh, There was a lot of non-calls for pass interference and defensive holding. And Adam Thielen was lighting up the officials today. And Adam Thielen, you don't really see him as the kind of guy that gets that mad all the time. But he got mad today, and he had a right to get mad today. Um, Joe Flacco, I'm sure, was frustrated as well. He actually had an okay game when you consider. Uh, he attempted 39 passes, nothing big, nothing spectacular. Though he had a little bit of a little, he, he had a couple of okay drives along the way that were stymied by this Vikings defense. Finally got in the end zone on the last play of the game. The last play of the game was able to hit Chris Moore in the end zone. It was literally a touchdown at the buzzer, you could say. Extra point made because they couldn't even go for two with the situation. The uh, Vikings end up winning by eight when it could have been, you know, 15 or something like that, or we'll say uh, 12, depending on if Baltimore ended up kicking a field goal just to get a little more points on the board. 88.2 quarterback rating. He was he did not throw an interception, but he was sacked five times and was hurried 100 times today. Um, the linebackers of the Vikings, awesome. The overall pass rush today did what you want them to do. I mean, if you're going to win a football game, you, you have a pass rush like this. And this type of pass rush, this type of defense can win a Super Bowl. They can, as long as the offense in front of them is competent. And when you look at that 5-2 and two record in first place in the NFC North, it means something. I mean, when you have a defense that's this good, it means something. The fear, before we go back to the defense, which is the MVP of today's game. I mean, yes, Kai Forbath did a wonderful job, and I'm giving him all, all the credit in the world. But the defense really, truly won the game today in a big way. Um, just They were just dominant the whole game. Um what was I even going to get to? I'm going crazy, but yeah, Kai Forbath made his kicks. Ah, boy, I'm losing my train of thought here. Uh, Kyle Rudolph made a couple of good catches, a couple of incompletions again by Mr. 
Case Keenum, who again was not the best today. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, he didn't get the rushes as much either. Not as much as in previous weeks because I had the other prediction with today's game was obviously you're going to frustrate Flacco, but the other big part was that Latavius Murray would have a breakout game and he'd break the 100-yard mark, and he did. Um, He had a 35-yard scamper. See, the first half, Latavius Murray had 30-some yards on the ground, but you could just see it coming. You could feel it because he was getting tripped up at the last second before he'd break loose. He would break loose. This is on the same drive. He'd break loose for 35 yards. And then he would, which is, of course, the longest run of the season for Latavius Murray, doubled his yardage on one one play. And then he would scamper for 29 more yards on the ensuing play and get in the end zone. Very happy for Latavius Murray as he eclipsed the 100-yard mark today. And those two huge runs, the 29-yard touchdown and, of course, the 35-yard scamper, really brought up his average. But so what? I mean, you know, a lot of times you look at it on paper like, wow, he had a big game. But no, it's, I mean, you had a couple of big runs and you had some you know, solid runs, five, six yards here and there, and then some two-yard, and they call it a dust-type runs. Overall, 18 rushes, 6.3 a carry, 113, and no fumbles, thank God. So the Vikings, other than that interception on the first pass of the game from Case Keenum, uh, did not put the ball on the ground, and that's great. You didn't see a fumble from McKinnon. You didn't see a fumble from Latavius Murray. Latavius, obviously, a well, uh, good blocking running back, and what a strong, strong game it was. For Latavius Murray. I mean, I'm very happy, very pleased with how Latavius Murray was able to have his little coming out party. Uh, I predicted you were going to play a little bit of a smash mouth uh, football in this game, and that's exactly what it was. It got flat boring for quite a while there, but ultimately, hey, the job got done. I mean, the job is to win the game, and that's what this club did. And they did a wonderful, and they and they and they did a, they did a very strong job ultimately at the end of the day. Marcus Sherrill's like a, he had a forty six yard return. He was like a forgotten guy at one point, but an overall strong game for him, and we're very happy about that. Twenty seven point seven punt return average today. You didn't see as many fair catches. He even did a kickoff return in today's game because there was only one, <laughs> only one ultimately that wasn't a touchback or whatever. Um, Viking special teams were okay today. Bobby Rainey had a big return on one of them, but not big enough to really scare us. And the Baltimore offense could not get the job done against the Vikings defense. Um, Trey Waynes was targeted many times in the game, but he made the plays uh, on occasion. He got beat on occasion. He was adequate. Nothing special. They never throw the ball to Xavier Rhodes. Absolutely ever. It's literally like the whole side of the field is taken away when Xavier Rhodes is out there. And man, I mean, it's it's an incredible honor when you have a cornerback that's that good. But poor Trey Waynes, he is a victim of getting picked on nonstop because, again, they're not going to throw to Xavier Rhodes' direction. So they're going to throw in Troy Rain's direction. So it kind of is what it is there. <laughs> Harrison Smith was good, but didn't stand out as much today. Tom Johnson was a snake bit with the roughing the kick, roughing the passer call because of what happened last week. But he just kind of ran into the guy's legs. Luckily, nothing serious took place there. And then Tom Johnson, on the pretty much on the same drive, was able to get the sack and kind of wrap things up there. So good for Tom Johnson. Two sacks for Everson Griffin. Pass rush nonstop all day. Linval Joseph, the usual superstar he is. And then you have Eric Kendricks just racking up the tackles like you wouldn't believe. I mean, the guy gets so many tackles. And that was the huge key today in a lot of ways of this defense is that they made the tackles they needed to make time and time and time again. Uh, Daniil Hunter was the guy that I was going to say also was kind of invisible 
for for a while. Only the third sack of the season. It was nice to see. Hopefully, Daniil Hunter can get caught up a bit. He's certainly not at the pace he was last year. He was the MVP of the team last year in my eyes. But a guy who was much maligned during all of last season and occasionally this year, not as much this year. You saw the improvement. And then you had the fear with the concussion last week uh, after the whole Aaron Rodgers situation, the crunch, the sandwich, whatever you want to call that play when Aaron Rodgers was sandwiched between uh, Anthony Barr and the ground. (laughs) Anthony Barr, to me, was the MVP today. Um, Absolutely rushed the crap out of, and look at me already spoiling it, but it's okay. He was just spectacular. Uh, He got a sack. He had nine total tackles. Eight, eight solo, just an overall dominant performance for him. Eric Hendricks had 14 and then 11 uh, solo. Uh, again, but making the tackles you need to make, if it's the quarterback, the running back, whatever it is, this Baltimore offense could do a little or nothing most of the game, and they finally got in the end zone on the final play of the game. I mean, it took the whole game for them to even get in the end zone, and the whole talk about how Tucker is this Justin Tucker, you don't want to get in a battle with him, but well, they didn't have to, luckily. Um, he ended up making a couple kicks, yes. But Kai Forbath ended up getting much more. Vikings offense was better than the Baltimore offense. Vikings defense was better than the Baltimore defense. And the Vikings are better than Baltimore. Bottom line. And that was the fun, exciting part for of today's game. is noticeably a better team. Um, I keep wanting to get back to where I needed to be. But yeah, the five and the fact the Vikings are 5-2, and two, it means something. It really does. Um, especially... See, you, you're worried. Is Case Keenum a backup? Is he a legitimate starter in this league? I would say he's a legitimate backup in this league. A guy who can obviously can win games for you when you need him. Uh, and if it's for multiple weeks, he can get the job done. Is he a long-term solution at quarterback? Of course not. Um, he's got some special skills, but I think Teddy Bridgewater has more special skills as long as as long as the, well, the bajillion dollar thing, the bajillion dollar question is, is he healthy? Is he capable of being healthy? Is his knee, like, prone to more injury? Or is his other knee prone to more injury? A la, what was that guy's name? Um, oh, I can't even remember his name, but Jarius Wright's teammate out there uh, years ago with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Greg Childs, I believe? Yes, when he caught the touchdown and he tore both of his, was it both of his patella tendons? And that was it. Unbelievable. Caught a touchdown in uh, spring practice. It was at the, the OTAs, and he tore both of them. I mean, that's insane. And that was it. I mean, his knee's just not equipped to play in the National Football League. That's just as simple as that. So, yeah, <laughs> an overall fun, well, fun. It wasn't a fun game to watch, but a fun outcome and a fun outlook as we head towards London. We head towards London. We'll be talking about that in segment number two. So we're going to pass out the awards right now. Um and if other things jump out, I'll get to that in a second. But the Fran Targeting Award for today's show, it's going to be Anthony Barr. Uh, he hasn't had a whole lot of them over the years. It seemed like it's like he was this good linebacker when he was a rookie. And then in came Eric Kendricks the next year, and it seemed like he stole a lot of tackles. He was just faster. He was faster to getting the tackles. So Anthony Barr became more and more invisible. Where this year, it's like they're both good. And you feel more of a sustainable type of a season this year. You don't get the vibe of 5-0 and and when's the bubble going to pop. It's like the housing bubble in 2004-05. You just knew it was going to pop. You just knew and then it did, 2008. And down, down, down went everything. And I mean down, down, down. Luckily gas prices dropped too at the time but that was just kind of what that was. <laughs> I don't even... Ugh, pretty weird. But um, you just knew it was a bubble. Last year was a bubble. You could feel it when you had an offensive line that wasn't good, and then guys kept getting hurt, 
and, and they just continued to get hurt, and it got ridiculous. Um, and then Sam Bradford was checked down Charlie because he had no time to throw the ball, no time for a play to develop. That's why Mr. Turner left, because his plays take a little longer to develop. They're a little bit more down the field. Then you have Pat Shermer, a little more of a quick pass, West Coast offense style than what Norv Turner had. Um, and you just felt the sustainability of this team, especially with Bradford being immobile. I mean, he he's capable of running once in a while, but when you have no offensive line in front of the guy, you just knew the Vikings were in trouble, and the Vikings defense started to get frustrated when they were never they were never given a break from the offense because it was three and out all the time with the offensive line being what it was, and that's where things went last year and with with the defense. Where this year you're getting more of a sustainable, you get the feeling of more of a sustainable. Uh, overall type of a season here. It's kind of like, I'm, I don't even know what word to even call it, but it's like last year's 5-0 and record. The defense was playing at a historic level that you knew could not last because you could not get takeaways at that rate. It just doesn't exist. It's impossible. I mean, impossible. So <laughs> when you have a team now, they're getting some takeaways and they're making stops when they need to, particularly on third down, which was a huge Achilles heel last year. They're making stops on third down this year, which is, again, a huge thing. So there is more of a sustainable drive to this team this year. Two eleven wins, maybe 12, who knows. That may be a little bit crazy to talk about 12 wins, but the possibility is very much there, especially especially if Teddy Bridgewater is able to come back and be what he was and maybe even bring more of a cerebral game, which he does have. He already had it, but more cerebral because you're talking all this time unable to play. Well, what do guys do when they don't play? What do the smart players do? They study and they continue to study and learn and learn and learn. I mean, when I broke my wrist and was out for a long time because of the position of the, the break. It was a, in a spot that takes much longer. I sat and studied basketball back then, and I got, like, so much smarter. It was unbelievable, and that's what I think Teddy Bridgewater did during this time. So you put two and two together. Maybe you don't get quite the same athleticism that he had before the injury, but you get a lot more intelligence. The game is The game hopefully will be slower for the guy as he gets his feet wet. Not the first game, I'm sure. Maybe not the first couple games. But in time, Teddy Bridgewater might end up being one special quarterback for this club, ultimately. Um, so that's the hope. I mean, Case Keenum, again, has has a lot of ability, too, and he's smart and all that, but not he's, he's definitely not perfect. Um, so let's just let things develop as they do. The, uh, the uh, Christian Ponder Memorial, does that go to the refs for swallowing their whistles today? That would be one of them. Um, geez, there's a couple. Derek McKinnon didn't fumble. Case Keenum's kind of erratic play. It's a candidate. It's a soft one, though. I mean, if I give Keenum the ponder, it's a soft one. Because he got better as the game developed. And Keenum often does get better as the game continues to develop most of the time. Uh, it's a lot of ways, you know, Laquan, Laquan Treadwell with the old Cadre Ishmael tipped the ball up into the defender's hands. Thank you so much for that. Uh, that's definitely one of the candidates. Kai Forbath is a candidate for... Uh, obviously, Kai Forbath and Latavius Murray candidates for the Fran Tarkton, but ultimately, it's going to go to our boy, uh, Anthony Barr. You can kind of give it to the refs for swallowing the, the whistle, uh, swallowing the whistles today. It was extremely frustrating as far as I'm concerned, and I'm sure there's other suggestions. I remember reading one, and we'll all backtrack on it if it's something that's, um, that's not jumping out to me at this second. But um, that's what was jumping out to me most of the game was, uh, again, the ref swallowing the whistle and Keenum just not being 
not being that great. And again, further proof that if Teddy Bridgewater does become available, oh my, and if he really truly is ready to play again, let's let let's enjoy. So that should wrap up this segment. The awards have been passed out <laughs> properly here. And uh, yes, let's uh, jump into segment number two and talk about some more weird oddities once again. We are back here on Pro Bowl Mafia, segment number two, NFL Roundup a bit, and of course, NFC North Roundup, and previewing the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Barons. Now, Cleveland Browns, they might as well be the Cleveland Barons because they got disbanded in the NHL years ago. They gave us the, they kind of helped, uh, we, we kind of stole tons of their players, the we being the North Stars way back in the late 70s there. And then, yeah, unfortunately, um, yeah, things kind of changed later on when that ownership tried to move to, uh, Started up the San Jose Sharks and took off our team back in the 91, 92-ish. Why am I still bringing this stuff up? But I am. <laughs> they might as well. Man, that Cleveland team, I feel bad for them. I, I do. God, I want to see them do well. And they're not doing well. And the NFL is continuing to get weirder and weirder and weirder and weirder and weirder and weirder. Let's just look at the playoff picture before we look at the scores here. Look at the AFC right now. The AFC now, of course, New England is playing and they're winning right now so things will change dramatically here and they're winning significantly over Atlanta they're doing what they should have done in the first place take a 17 nothing lead over the Atlanta Falcons as far as I'm concerned so you can kind of guess what point of the game it is right now in the third quarter at this point at this second they're going to be five and two and they'll be right up there with Pittsburgh and Kansas City but think about how awful Pittsburgh was how awful they were they got beat by the Bears manhandled they got absolutely they got absolutely just strangled. They got, I can't even get the word, asphyxiated by the, asphyxiated, pardon me, by the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they're the number one team in the AFC right now because how quickly things change. Because Kansas City lost to Oakland on Thursday night, 31-30, to before about 15 people in the audience. Okay, you get the idea. But it wasn't the best thing. Um, nice to see Oakland play better. I'm happy. But they're still out at the moment. They're catching up, but they've got a ways to go. They're only 3-4. and four. Oh, boy. Kansas City, number 2. Pittsburgh, number 1. Like I said, Miami's 4-2. and two. They're in 6. They're in the playoffs. Freaking Jay Cutler and that team that got shut out by the Saints, who we thought was the worst defense ever. They're starting to look freaking dangerous, man. Watch out for the Saints. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Buffalo Bills would be the third seed. They'd be hosting a wild card. Tennessee would be hosting despite, well, despite uh, playing very close with uh, freaking Browns today. New England would be five. That's kind of funny, but they're going to be catching up in a hurry here. I don't think anybody's too worried about the Patriots right now. They're going to be they're going to be in the bye. They will be in the bye when all is said and done. And there is so much fog in Gillette Stadium right now. My God, I mean, there is so much. I hate fog. I hate it. I hate that moisture. Like, there's 100% humidity for that to happen. Absolutely no wind. You, I mean, you can't breathe. It's nasty. And it's just, ugh. But go, go, Patriots. 17 nothing. Philadelphia and Washington, that's an extremely important uh, battle. Jacksonville, by the way, very much in the hunt. Four and three after doing what they do. They're really improving. Um, NFC, let's look at the playoff picture there. Guess who number two is? That's right. They wear purple and gold. And if... Uh, 
Philadelphia loses tomorrow, I don't know. It's going to get real interesting, but the Vikings would be in the bye with Case Keenum and Jarek McKinnon and Latavius Murray, but also one of the best defenses in the entire NFL. The LA Rams are 5-2. and two. The Falcons are going to be 3-3. Three and three. They're going to be missing the playoffs pretty soon, but the Saints are now in the playoff picture. Yikes. I'm worried. I'm very worried right now. Packers forget, forget about it. Carolina, I think, forget about it too. And we'll worry about Detroit when we do. Let's keep moving. Oakland beat Kansas City, though. A fun game by Derek Carr leading the way, leading a charge. A final drive at the end of the game. Kansas City had it, but the Oakland Raiders took it away, and good for them. Buffalo beat Tampa at home today. Tampa Bay Buccaneers trying so hard to get to stay in the playoff mix. Ah, terrible Super Bowl pick, Joey. Terrible. Two and four. The Raiders are three and four. Just terrible. I'm still apologizing for that. Maybe, maybe I'll be, maybe I'll be right. But yeah, I don't think so. I really don't. Um, Jamison Winston was really good, but not good enough. Buffalo just got the job done along the way. Lashawn McCoy was awesome. He did lose the ball, but two touchdowns and all that. The Buffalo Bills survive. God, the Rams are good. Oh, we'll talk about them in a little bit. Uh, fun game there. We'll save that because that's NFC North. I like what happened there because just because. Uh, Cleveland and Tennessee, yuck. Cleveland again goes to overtime, 9-9 game. Couldn't get the job done. Of course, Tennessee wins 12-9, just whatever. And they would very much be in the playoffs, and they still very much will be. Uh, can't talk about the Saints yet because that's NFC North. That's funny. Jacksonville shut out the Colts 27 to nothing. Man, how about the Jaguars? Jaguars and Rams. I mean, just great stories this year. They're very much in the playoff picture at the moment. Four and three. Jacksonville. I mean, Jacksonville. Remember? Do you remember Mark Brunel and Fred Taylor? That's about how how far back we're going when we're talking about the Jags in the playoffs. And Blake Bortles actually had a really good game today. 330 yards. He completed his passes. Completion percentage about 70%. Quarterback rating 124.7. But then the poor bastard fumbled uh, fumbled once. God, after all that, he freaking fumbles, but it didn't affect his quarterback rating. TJ Yeldon was unbelievable because Mr. Burnett was not available today, and that's a shame. But TJ Yeldon made people not miss him too much, at least today, with a scamper to Paydirt, which Burnett uh, does very well. And Chris Ivory, Mr. Stolid, Mr. Mr. Short Yardage, doing what, doing what he does. He got in the end zone, but the, the Jaguars, a couple of fumbles, but still they shut out the Colts, and that defense is freaking good. I mean, they're freaking good. Wow, they're good. I mean, how many sacks did they get today? Ho, 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 ho. They're freaking, oh my God, I can't even believe it. Chris Campbell, or Carlos Campbell, two sacks. Malik Jackson, one and a half. Dante Fowler Jr., he must have shared with him. One and a half, two and a half for Yannick Naghoy and uh, Sheldon Day with one and a half sack for Eli Anko. I mean, my Lord. My Lord. Yeah, I mean, you know, it doesn't even matter. Uh, Jacoby Brissett sacked 10 times today. Uh, might want to do a little per, 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 uh, and I'm not trying to be funny. Might want to do a little cur, cur, uh, concussion protocol. I'm talking like I had one. I ate too much today, and I'm sorry. I'm kind of losing my mind here, so my apologies. Let's move on. There was another shutout today. Oh, Arizona. Oh, Arizona. Los Angeles Rams. The Los Angeles Rams. 33. The Arizona Cardinals were still waiting for their first score. They couldn't even make a field goal. Carson Tomer out with a broken arm. Lord, um, Jared Goff looks awesome. Adrian Peterson looks old and wahoo. Adrian Peterson looks exactly like he did last year. 11 rushes, 21 yards. Go, Adrian. Go, Adrian. Um, yo, Adrian. Yeah, yo, yo, Adrian. 
you know, I'm not even trying to be funny. It's it's sad. It's very sad. Um, wow. Wow. Um, that Rams defense is good. The Rams offense is really good. And, yeah, <laughs> Todd Gurley was, was excellent along the way. The Rams ultimately just uh, making a mockery of the... Uh, the poor car, the poor Cardinals, and I feel bad for them. I really do. It's uh, just not their day at all, man. Jared Goff rushed in for a touchdown, even in the game. Gurley got in there. Goff with a one touchdown pass. There were field goal attempts, uh, several field goals after that. But um, huge game for the Los Angeles Rams, and good on them overall. Just making a mess of this Arizona team. Right when they started to look a little promising and Adrian had that nice little renaissance of a game. Look at them now. Look at them now. Yuck. Miami and New York. Miami Dolphins getting back in the playoff picture. 31-28. to Good on the Miami Dolphins. We'll continue. Dallas over San Francisco. 40-10. to uh, Just no comment there. Just Dallas crushed a beat a crappy team in uh, wherever they play. <laughs> Santa Clara. Yuck. Wow, uh, 49ers and the Browns, boy. I mean, I mean, you know, it's almost like a win that just be thinking about, oh, great, now the other team is going to get the top draft pick. Seattle over the Jets, 24-7. to Oh, goody. God, I hate them. God, I hate the Seahawks. The Giants, right when they started to look a little tiny bit better, they just run into Russell Wilson and the frickin' Seahawks, and Wilson just passes all over this team. Three touchdowns. Ah, just crushed them all day. Didn't fumble once, only sacked once, just over 300 yards. Ugh, it was all about the passing, and the running game didn't even factor today. And, hmm, I can't, I, I'm sick of Seattle, but, well, they did what they did. And again, let's just move on. Pittsburgh crushing Cincinnati. They're way up there now, number one seed in the AFC, 29-14. to 14. Again, um, not much to say there. Cincinnati back to their losing ways. Arizona, or Pittsburgh back to their winning ways. And that's about it. I mean, Andy Dalton, just another mediocre day. Couldn't even get 60% completion, two interceptions. Also, Roethlisberger, much better. Not great completion percentage, but still, he hung out. He didn't turn the ball over. Did not have any crazy situation uh, emerge. Le'Veon Bell was solid the whole game. He got a lot of rushes. Pittsburgh controlled the ball, and that's about all there is to it. <laughs> 134 yards and 35 rushes from Le'Veon Bell. They just kind of beat the crap out of the Cincinnati, um, the the Cincinnati Bengals, who are pretty much done and dusted, as they say in Australia. Shout out to Vince Germano and the Courtside Podcast. There, <laughs> oh boy, I hate when this does this. Everything is turning white. Now it's it's not supposed to turn white though, right? It's not supposed to happen like this, but it is. Something affected it, but uh, overall, <laughs> Pittsburgh. I mean, you know, you you, you you just look how things continue to change. Um, things continue to just change week by week here in the NFL. And it's crazy because look at the Los Angeles Chargers. You know, the team that was completely left for dead. And then Denver, who'd been emerging, and they were looking like a threat in the AFC. Couldn't score a point against the Chargers today. 21-0. to zero. The Chargers went 21-0. What the hell is going on with this league? And I mean, boy, Jeff Dubay sure, sure has a point there on the uh, Puffy and Lindsay show. Great podcast out there. Highly recommend it. Um, Jeff Dubay, of course, the main alpha dog for that show. He was saying how it's like the NFL is a crap product because it's like, you know what? Anybody could do anything right now. There's going to be like two or three good teams and everyone else is like the same. And it's kind of that way right now. Denver and the Chargers, 21 nothing. What? 
the hell is that? I don't care if they're a division rival or what they are. That's that's bogus. Twenty one to nothing with how good Denver was? That's bogus. I mean what? <laughs> there's only certain there's only a couple certain teams though that can't beat their grandmother right now. San Francisco 49ers and Cleveland Browns couldn't beat their grandmother, and Arizona's heading that direction. Despite having a solid game last week, now everything changed again, and the LA Rams are five and two. That team is dangerous. Jacksonville is four and three, and they're dangerous too. So let's talk about the NFC North here. Before we talk about the Browns. Uh, yep, I saved. Yeah, I should have saved that. Yeah, we'll come back to the Browns here. I just talked about the 12-9. to 9. Yeah, I'm losing my mind here. But um, good thing I didn't get into that Cleveland-Tennessee one. <laughs> I almost did. Chicago, I'm a little loopy, yeah, because I just, you know, ate too much here for dinner. What the hell was I thinking? 17-3, uh, to 3, Chicago over Carolina. Again, you know, Carolina last week, or was it two weeks ago, pardon me, oh, Cam Newton's back to his MVP ways, then he had a... Big setback last week and an even bigger one today. Sacked five times, couldn't do jack bleep. Fumbled once in the game. Two interceptions, three turnovers for Cam Newton alone. And the Bears, the Bits and the Rhinos, the Bits. Take the offense, yeah. An offense that doesn't do anything. I mean, seven, and yes, Sebastian let me know about that too. They couldn't score on their grandmother either. Um, Seven pass attempts by Mitchell Trubisky. Is Carolina's defense that good, or what the hell is this crap? Yeah, they're okay, but jeez. I mean, Jordan Howard, 65 yards on the ground. It's all about the Chicago defense, quite frankly. I mean, and Cam Newton's sucking big. That's basically what happened in this one. I feel, yeah, Carolina does not deserve to be in the playoffs. They do not deserve to be in the playoffs at all, at all. Um... There was an interception touchdown Eddie Jackson with a 76-yard pick-six interception to touchdown, 76-yard return, and that's really what ended the game in a lot of ways. In a sense, um, he also fumbled again, and Eddie Jackson recovered the fumble. So that's, yeah, just an overall huge game for Eddie Jackson. He scored two touchdowns on defense. He, he had a fumble-six and a pick-six, Eddie Jackson, for Chicago. He flat out won the game for the Bears today. Uh, 14 points, and then of course Con- uh, Connor Barth Connor Barth, as the offense was barfing because that's how awful their offense is. Their defense carried the game today. And good good on them. It was, they're kind of starting to look like the 8-8 uh, eight eight Vikings in 2014, but um, you know, worse. The offense is worse. But the defense is kind of winning a couple games, and they're winning some ugly little black and blue games. The Bears are starting to head that direction. They're playing their quarterback of the future, but I wouldn't say that Mitchell Trubisky is looking like Teddy was that season. Teddy wasn't great, but he was promising. He was promising. Uh, You know, he was getting his feet wet. You know, yeah, it was mostly check down and short pass, and, you know, there wasn't a whole lot uh, designed for uh, Teddy that season. And, of course, he had no running game either because a certain running back was suspended the whole damn year. So... A certain Arizona Cardinal, we'll just call him that for now. Um, but Eddie Jackson, 14 points for the Bears, or 12, point, 12 points officially, thanks for Connor Barth actually making his extra points, which seems to be very difficult in the NFL these days. <sighs> Patriots now 20 to nothing, by the way. Looking very promising. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the uh, Packers and Saints here before it gets any longer. Then we got to talk about Cleveland. 
The Saints just continue to roll. The Packers are just meh. I mean, I'm surprised they put up 17 points in the game, quite frankly, with how awful their offense looked last week after a certain quarterback went out. Yes, they have players, but I don't know. But at least the young man got a chance to practice this week with his club. So good for Brett Hundley, able to throw a t- uh, while well, he was able to rush one in, showing a little bit more confidence out there. Because, I mean, you could tell he's athletic. He's young, athletic, lanky, all that. So you got to think there's something there athletically. Um, quarterback... His, his overall game as a quarterback right now, though, I don't know. I mean, they saw something in him, but I'm not seeing it just yet. And the Saints' defense has gone from putrid to awesome. The Saints' defense is awesome. And Mark Ingram is taking over a bit right now at the running back position. 100 yards on the ground today. Forget about Adrian. Hundred about Almost five yards of carry against the mediocre Green Bay defense. Brent Hundley could do nothing against the Saints defense. And of course, Drew Brees did what he does despite throwing two interceptions in the game. Still was good enough and was completing passes. And wow, I mean, Ted Jinn Jr., just huge. Michael Thomas, always valuable. Alvin Kamara, an overall guy out there as well. Whatever, you know, 26-17 Green Bay, the uh, descension begins and the Saints... After all the crap, the disappointing start to the season, and they look like they were going to be left for dead. They're four and two, and I can't even believe what I'm looking at. The Saints are four and two. Oh man, I hate the Saints. I hate them. I hate them. But I'm impressed. <laughs> as much as I hate the Saints, I'm impressed with how much they've really turned the corner. How can you not be a team that needs to turn the corner? more than any team in the NFL other than San Francisco, is the Cleveland Browns. And that's who the Vikings will be playing as we visit Big Ben. And we don't mean Pittsburgh. We don't mean Ben Roethlisberger. We mean the real, original, tick-tock, tick-tock Big Ben. Up in, uh, well, we won't call it his backyard. We'll call it his neighboring backyard. That would be our good friend, Dave Martin, Mad Martin, out of northern Scotland there. That would be his southern neighbors there in the U.K., Yep. Um, They couldn't beat their grandmother right now. And I keep saying that. I keep using the grandmother thing. And trust me, I'm not interested in beating any grandmother at all. um, Because there's no point. Uh, The Browns are 0-7. And I don't know. I I think Ohio State could beat them. I'm... Don't I, I don't think the Gophers could beat them. But I don't... But I'm beginning to think Ohio State could beat the uh, Cleveland Browns right now. Yuck. I mean, they're they're terrible. And uh, shoot, uh, Ohio State might roll over the Cleveland Browns for all we know. Tennessee Tennessee made it interesting because they were pretty weak in the game too. And Cleveland's trying. I mean, yep, they're trying. They're trying really hard and all that. It was a field goal fest and that's all it was ultimately between Tennessee and Cleveland. Zane Gonzalez was making the kicks he needed to make. He was able to tie the game up and then it went to OT and the Cleveland defense didn't do jack when they needed to, and Ryan Suckup, the former Kansas City Chief, was able to hit a 47-yarder. What do you say about the Cleveland Browns? I mean, Deshaun Kaiser is pretty terrible. Um, He was promising to start out the season. We don't really have much else to say. Cody Kessler, again, if the Vikings lose to the Cleveland Browns, what a waste. What an absolute waste. And, you know, it's not trying to make fun of the Browns. It's just the fact you've you have to win the game. You have to. You know, it's like the pressure's on. Beat these guys. And I'm sure they're going to, they're trying their ass off to win a game, but it must not be this week. I mean, most of these guys, you know, I couldn't pick them, you know, they, they, they should be on a milk carton. I don't know any of them. I mean, I really don't. I mean, good for Kaiser. Uh, obviously, Ryan Suckup is on Tennessee, not on Cleveland. 
Um, okay, and I know Cleveland has some players, but shoot, I mean, there's not a whole lot. Of course, they have Mr. Johnson there. So at the at the quarterback position, so got the or at the line left tackle position, and that's about it. Big waste. Other than that, um, Cody Kessler, Deshaun Kaiser, don't know man. Isaiah Crowell, well, two two point one yards a carry. Duke Johnson Jr. three point seven. Ooh, Duke Johnson's a little better. So watch out for him, I guess. Three point seven. That's not that bad, but it's not good either. Uh, David, not. Nakajo with uh, <laughs> 58 yards overall in the game. Duke Johnson Jr. So he's a bit more of a th- uh, multi-threat. So that's the thing with Duke Johnson. Yeah, uh, a running back that can receive. So he's one of the more valuable pieces there. But overall, again, I don't care if Duke Johnson got 100 yards today or whatever. Vikings need to win this game. <laughs> the Vikings are better than Tennessee. The Vikings are better than Cleveland. Much better than Cleveland. Um it's in London. Unfortunately, it's not a home game. It's not a road game either, but it's I'd say it's more road than home in terms of it's somewhere else. Uh, but Cleveland has to go through the somewhere else type of thing too. No excuse for the Vikings. They need to take care of the Cleveland Browns. It'll probably be similar to today's game, I bet. You know, it's not going to be the prettiest thing ever. Maybe uh, Case Keenum will be stronger, you know, and I think he will because Baltimore's defense was dangerous. I'm expecting Keenum to have a little bit of a bounce back because after his icky games, he always does have a bounce back. And the sign of a good team is, see, like with Keenum having an icky game today, they still kicked butt. And that's a huge plus. The fact the Vikings still got the win, and there was really no doubt most of the game that the Vikings were going to win. In the first quarter, second quarter, it was kind of like, okay, this is really dumb. Like, Keenum couldn't complete anything. And, of course, they weren't calling anything either. Uh, Cleveland, they made some nice draft picks, and you're not seeing any of these guys right now. They're not visible. Um due to whatever reason, and uh, it's just a tough situation right now in Cleveland. Um, I know Miles Garrett's a familiar name, guys like that, but, geez, a team is really struggling, and they're not seemingly, they're, they're nowhere near coming out of it. Case Keenum, again, I do expect a bounce-back type of performance. I, I, I really do. I mean, I could see a multi-touchdown game for him, You'll probably see more of the same at the running game. You're going to see Latavius Murray is going to get more carries than he did the first few weeks here. I think you're going to see more of him again. But you're also probably going to see a little bit more of a bounce back from Jerick McKinnon. You'll see him scamper, I think, into the end zone. That's what I believe. Latavius Murray may or may not get in the end zone, particularly on a goal line. I think he will get in. But if there's no goal line play, uh, I could see McKinnon with one of those screen passes getting into the end zone. Uh, for the Vikings, I'm expecting two touchdowns from Keenum, and I'm expecting, I'm expecting scoring from the Vikings. They need to score. Um, they did score 24 today. I think the Vikings score. I think the Vikings score 31 against the Browns. It's going to be something like 31 to 10, something like that. The Vikings will win. It's going to be a significant win, and if they don't, I'm going to be irate. Um, just, you know, there's no excuse. You should be able to pass on these guys. I mean, you should be able to do, I won't say you should be able to do whatever you want, but you should be able to do something. Um, Marcus Mariota was nothing special in the game. Uh, Cleveland does have a little bit of a defense, obviously, and that's kind of the problem, but I, I do think Keenan will be better against these guys than he was against Baltimore. Um, I don't know. I mean, Cleveland's strength is their defense, and it's more of, again, the 31 points may come a lot of because of Cleveland's offense is so terrible. Like, forcing turnovers against this defense. Cleveland may not even score in the game. It might be more like 21-0 to Minnesota, like a lower-scoring game. 
or like 24 to 3. 24 to 3 might be a better score. Like, we'll score the same amount of points, but Cleveland's not even going to get on the board hardly. They'll get maybe one field goal, like, late in the game or something. And that's what I'm going with. It's the Vikings' defense that's obviously the key. The offense will be a little bit better, I think, against Cleveland. But the defense will be way... The defense is just going to make a mockery of the uh, Cleveland offense that's incapable of doing a whole lot. Vikings win 24 to 3 over a team that has no quarterback. Uh, They have some running game a little bit, but... Not that much. Uh, and there's no excuse for the Vikings here to not win the game and not win it by multiple touchdowns. 24-3, to Minnesota over Cleveland. 17-point victory. No excuses in London. Let Big Ben, let, let the bell toll for the Vikings victory. And yes, remember, reminder, 8.30 a.m. start. So, boy, oh boy, for all of us churchgoers, we're going to probably have to skip if we're going to watch the game. Um, and that's too bad. You don't want to skip, but... Luckily, Living Word does provide, uh, that's the church I go to, does provide a uh, uh, <laughs> a live feed on YouTube. So I'm going to take advantage of that and have that on in the, back, in, in the background while I'm watching the game, which sounds sacrilegious a little bit, but um, not sacrilegious towards football, but sacrilegious towards something else. So I apologize <laughs> in advance, Lord, for that, but... I don't know. I mean, when I'm doing a podcast, I got to keep up with what I'm doing. So I don't know. As um, long as I'm listening and learning what I need to learn. So <laughs> there. Vikings win 21-3, to which is an 18-point victory. I think I said 17 before. It's an 18-point victory. I'm really losing my mind, and I do apologize. So the Vikings will win the game, bottom line, multiple touchdown victory, and we'll be back for fan interaction right after this. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number three. Fan interaction segment, let's jump right in it. At Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show is the Twitter account, and that's where we'll open things up. Tanay Wilson-Brown, out of New Zealand, tweets me a picture at U.S. Bank Stadium. This was about five days ago. It says, look who's in town, and I didn't even see this tweet. I I don't think I saw it, and I feel bad. So he was in town a little bit earlier than I thought. Oh, man, I'm, I'm sorry. I wish I saw this tweet. Oh, I'm sorry tonight. Mm. I wish I saw it sooner. But, yep, he's out of New Zealand. Big fan of the Timberwolves, but also fan of the Vikings as well. And listens to both of these shows. And, man, God bless you tonight. That's uh, that's cool. And, oh, oh, I feel bad. I do. So now we move to Mad Martin. And we will hear from Tanae again later, too. Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland. Mad Martin's mad takes. He says, big hit there. Hope he's okay. This should be an easy win. But this is the purple, yep, because we never know. That was a big hit from Barr onto Mr. Flacco, which there were several. It's this busy week for me, but yet another great podcast, my friend. What's great is everything you say is pretty much what I'm thinking. Peas in a pod, me thinks. And you know what? I agree, and, and that's cool. That's cool that you say that. And I think, yeah, yep, yep, we agree on a lot of stuff, don't we? <laughs> he says, time for this O to pull his finger out and get some serious points on the board. And we were hoping for them to do that. They give us uh, three and it's and three and out is, is the battle of kickers. Yep, I'm bored too. And that was an overall boring game. You think our oh, case isn't looking good, and the battle of kickers was continuing at nine to six. Ten A Brown jumps back in, says if we're going to get in a shootout with Justin Tucker, it doesn't end well for us. Skull. And yeah, Justin Tucker, obviously a very dangerous kicker for Baltimore, but luckily he didn't get as many attempts as Kai Forbath. That's where it could have been a, a huge problem. He says, Wilson turned up at long last. Yep, and that was literally right at the touchdown. 
And then, of course, he didn't understand Manmar not understanding either why Kai Porbath couldn't make an extra point. And that's the urban legend for the week. I was thinking I was missing something. Urban legend for the week. Which is an urban legend as to how I, how I continue to not use that uh, term. And I love using it. The urban legend award for the week is definitely Kai Forbath. With the mixed extra point. I mean, you make all these field goals and you can't make extra points. It's so weird. And me and Mad Martin. Mad Martin started at first saying how, hey, we need uh, an extra point kicker also. And we were talking about how that would be hilarious um, back and forth. And it would be a first, would it not? And yes, it would be. I was saying, yeah, we ought to we ought to <laughs> create an extra roster spot for an extra point kicker. Yep. So you have the field goal kicker and the extra point kicker, a specialist, right? Where maybe they don't have much of a leg, but they're really, really accurate from that 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 range. So 35 yards out or so. Uh, Mad Martin was saying, because it used to be only 20 yards out. They just were mean about it now. Mad Martin saying 5-2. and two. Who would believe it? The D is playing great. Pass defense has not given up 160 yards in the last four games. Fantastic. And yep, it's been great. And obviously the offenses we've gone against aren't good. But still, still. I mean, we've had a lot of bad offenses put up a lot of yards up against us back in the old days when the defense was terrible. Particularly they weren't that old back when Leslie Frazier was the coach. Mr. Defensive Coordinator Leslie Frazier, who there was no defense. So if there's no defense and no offense, why the what kind of coach are you? And that's what Leslie Frazier was, unfortunately. God bless him. Um, he's saying a first place operation coming to London. Sweet. Let's just enjoy the ride and hope it takes us somewhere. Special takes us somewhere special in the postseason. And I'm with you all the way, Mad Martin. Tanae says there are the sorts of seasons. A team like the Vikings can go all the way. Go take advantage of every opportunity. And yeah, this is a funny, funny year where, you know, like, again, you can't you can't help but to go back and think about how we were 5-0 and and then how everything collapsed. And then this year, you have the great game against the Saints. Sam Bradford looks like a franchise quarterback. And then next thing you know, he's everything but a franchise quarterback. He's, you know, in terms of the, his, his health, and he may never even play again. And yet we're five and two, and and then Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, and it's just the weirdest thing ever. And it's not like, yay, Aaron Rodgers got hurt, but hey, it's one of those things that does happen. That's part of the game. God bless it. So it is what it is, and I'm not trying to cover up. It's just, yeah, God bless. It's part of the game. That's part of it, you know. So yeah, let's continue. Um, Mad Martin says, "Fingers crossed, Skull Brothers." And today should be a star candidate. Mad Martin is a star candidate every year, or every week, without a doubt. Tanae deserves a star, I think, this week, though. Thank you very much for uh, the inclusion and uh, good good thoughts as well. Um, that was a that was a good one. Got me thinking, so you know that Tanae's going to get a star. You know, when you get really get me thinking like that, and Mad Martin often does as well, something happened here. What did I just do? Everything's been acting up today, and it's driving me up the wall. Just like the freaking football game today. <laughs> he drove me up the wall. So how can it be? That was the last show. A couple comments on there. If they load, would be great. James Beck says, let's talk about segment three. What happened to the one game at a time? Yep, because I started talking about Cleveland. Yeah, well, I didn't do it this week. As my week is next. Okay, now I went past the week again, didn't I? Oh, I'm sorry, James. So, yep, great thought there. Love you, brother. Uh, Gerald String out of... Nebraska says, great show. Joey, thanks for putting in the extra hours. Oh, man, do I. Oh, man, I do love your little skit put together. And you never know about things like that. It could eventually happen. Got to come up with a name for that, like Improbable Tales of the Autumn Nordic Mist. That's actually kind of interesting. Is that, okay, I suck at stuff like that. But you can figure something out. And I thought that was kind of cool. 
I thought that was kind of cool. And believe it or not, what I was saying just came out of my mouth. It, 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 it wasn't something I had planned. It just happened. And when Dave Hickey said what he said, I, I kind of got overcame with thought and emotion. And that's kind of what happened with Tanae there, too, because a similar situation there where it's one of those funny years. And you just put things together, and it's like, huh, you know? And especially with this guy right here. You know, the only way to end a curse is to climb straight up. Down 3 nothing against the Yankees. And I forgot the other one, too, which Tanae would relate to better because he's a basketball fan. Um, but yeah, the Yankees leading the Red Sox three games to zero. The very team, the curse of the Bambino, the very team that started the curse with the Red Sox. And then the Cleveland, or no, the Cleveland, the Chicago Cubs making the comeback and beating beating the best postseason pitcher of all time at the you know against the Giants, a team that was unbeatable in the playoffs, particularly when Madison Bungardner was at his best, and they came back and beat him and survived choking against Cleveland and then came back and won on the road in Game 7 in extra innings. Nobody wins Game 7 of the World Series on the road in extra innings. Never, ever, 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 ever. And the Whites and the Cubs did when they ended a 108-year curse. The Cleveland Cleveland Browns, Cleveland Cavaliers were another huge, huge one. Down three games to zero against a 73-win team. Arrogant as bleep, the Golden State Warriors, a team I hate with a passion. Down three three games to one. Three games to one, by the way. And nobody wins Game 7 on the road in the NBA Finals. Nobody, 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 nobody ever, 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 ever wins Game 7 on the road in the NBA Finals unless they're the historic Boston Celtics way back in the day. That was the only team that could do it, the historic Boston Celtics. And they won, what, eight championships in a row, and they went 16 overall, and you could go on 17 overall, sorry. (laughs) Pardon me, 2008 counts for number 17. Ha ha, Lakers. <laughs> um, sorry, Vince. Sorry, Vince. Sorry, Vince. He, I had to say it, though. Boy, he's going to hate me now. But um, the Cleveland Cavaliers came back, and they won that series. They forced it to Game 7 against the 73-win team, which was the greatest team of all time. And they lost on, you know, international television across the great planet. Not the crazy divide, across the whole planet. On a, You know, Game 7 at home. And the Cleveland Cavaliers took them out. And they did a wonderful job. So that's the best. That's the only way to end a curse or a drought is the steepest climb up. See, I'm taking this too long. Vikings versus Raisins in-game thread. Could kind of screw around a little bit. But generally, I'm going to, I want to kind of get moving. Cedric Paulding, yes. And that was the other thing that was scary that I didn't even mention. And that's why, that's where fan interaction comes in too. It's like there's so much stuff to talk about and so little time to do it. And then it's like, oh yeah, when you get to fan interaction, it's like a reminder because uh, this was stuff we were talking about at the time. And yeah, the whole line, you know, you get uh, issues with Riley Reef having to go out with a, a knee injury of some sort. So he was standing up. He wasn't carted off. That's good. Um, and then you have, <laughs> well, but even before that, uh, Jeremiah Searles going out too. And Jeremiah Searles was in for uh, as a replacement today as well. You have Danny Isadora who's more than capable and well, I guess here's the here's your opportunity Danny Isadora is at the guard position and then of course Riley Reef had to go out and Rashad Hill had to replace him. So Geez, hopefully the guys can get uh, healthy. And that was scary. And Cedric Paulding talking about that there. Damn, the O-line is scary. Dave Hickey says it's great to see Murray get in the end zone. He's looking a lot better. And Cedric Paulding, I think he won the gold star not too long ago. Cedric Paulding out of Mississippi. Dave Hickey out of Iowa. 
Dave Hickey got the gold stick last week because he really got me going, and that was cool. Uh, Sebastian Barton says, I said I wouldn't drink till we got a TD bleep. That was a long time not to drink. And look at you drinking. Look at you. No, I'm kidding. He said, we should start going for two points. Worst case scenario, same as four bad kicking. Yeah, it's really annoying, isn't it? And uh, very uh, overall great show by uh, Josh, Josh Meir Henry along the way, too. He was very much involved today, and I appreciated it uh, in a big way. Love Josh Mayer Henry out of Colorado. He was saying, oh, there was a lot of hard running today. So let's get to the post-game thread. Um, Tony Coleman out of South Dakota says, 5-2 and two sounds damn good to me. Brett McCarthy also out of South Dakota says, Packers losing. We are 5-2 and two. liking it. Yep, I liking it as well. Dave Hickey out of Iowa. I just want to click like, you stupid thing. Here we go. And no, Dave Hickey, you're not the stupid thing. It's this thing. He says, like I said, any kind of win is a win, no matter how ugly. Thank God for the Viking defense. And exactly, thank God for the Viking defense. Star candidate for Dave Hickey. Uh, Sebastian Barton says, now it's official. We win a face. We, we face a winless. God, look at that. We win a faceless. We, see, you can tell I'm tired and screwed up today. And I'm sorry. Oh, boy. Now it's official. We face a winless Browns who can't choose a quarterback. No, and they really don't have one either. And, yes, he was showing how the Vikings are in sole possession of first place. There were a few replies. Dave Hickey says, I hate playing winless teams, though, because, yeah, they're trap teams. Exactly, Sebastian. And he responded perfectly there. Yep, and that's it's a trap. Yes, uh, Mark Carlson says it's true. How many times have we lost to the loser Buccaneers when they were in our division? Remember those days? Yep, 2004 or 2004. No, no, 94. I go back a little further than 2004. Excellent fun season, and they screwed it up for us. I hate the Bucks. I just, I hate them. Uh, you get all excited, and the bastard Bucks come in and screw everything up for you. Oh, it's so frustrating. You go from an eight and two to seven and three or six and three or whatever it was, and it's really frustrating. You feel all good about it and down you go. I hate the Buccaneers so much. I hate the Buccaneers so much. And the Vikings went fifteen and one. Who do you think beat the Vikings that year when they went fifteen and one? Oh, that's right, the Buccaneers. And the same damn bullcrap team as what beat the Vikings in the, in the NFC title game. The same exact type of team. A quarterback that was mediocre but magically was good when, when he when he needed to be, and they had a physical running game. And a, and, a, and a fairly physical defense. Funny, Tampa Bay and Atlanta were the ones that beat us. Not a prolific passer, not a prolific this or prolific that. Just physical running game and, and, a, and a solid defense. So frustrating. Mark Carlson says, I recall, but not fondly when I was saying, remember those days, yep, the early 90s and really the 90s in general. Says, I recall, but not fondly, in the season we could be playing well, beating good teams, and somehow we let the loser Buccaneers take us down. And I will add... Another comment that I was always BO'd about that and have never forgotten. Me neither. Me neither. I've never forgotten. He said it's very annoying when they put a put together any kind of decent record nowadays. Yeah, because stupid things happen. Um, Dave Vicky says, I have to give my friend a word to Latavius Murray and Kai Forbath uh, shared that. I believe that's who that's supposed to be. Kaya, Kia. It's got to be Kai Forbath. Oh, he says it might have been a phone uh, spell check or something where that forces it on there. He said, shared a word this week. The punter word may be the offensive coordinator. Yep, that's the other thing. The terrible play calling, which I didn't even talk about today either. It was just mm, lackluster at best. It was a boring, 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 boring game to watch. And it felt like we were playing not to lose rather than playing to win. See, it's like, see, I'm just so, I get so wrapped up in other stuff. I don't even talk about these other major details of the game that were extremely 
frustrating. It was a very lackluster game, again, that we were playing not to lose. And I guess a team that we shouldn't be playing not to lose, we should be playing to win, and there should be no problem getting the job done against them. You know, it should have been an, it should have been an even bigger score, I think. He said 5-2 and two does sound real good. Sebastian Barton says Shermer didn't call a good game today at all. I agree completely. Tony Coleman says I love the look of this, and that's the yep first place graphic there, and it's wonderful. The Bears 3-4, and four, by the way, major giant killers as far as I'm concerned. Mark Carlson was saying, we are the steepest mountain ascent. One play at a time, one game at a time. Skull! Gerald String out of Nebraska says, sorry, always have to post so late. But yep, you, but you made it this time, brother. You made it, you made it, you made it, you made it, you did it, you did it. And I'm glad. That's a good thing. And it posted just two minutes ago. Wow. You made it, brother. <laughs> you made it this time. <laughs> so a lot of times I'd be done by now. That's another reason why I'm kind of loopy right now. So I'm a little bit exhausted. It's been a long day. So sorry, always have to post so late. And I recorded two podcasts yesterday, too. Brave the Wild and Timberwolves Explosion. Do check those out, those of you out there. I know a lot of you like the Wolves and or Wild. Check it out. The Wolves just beat the freaking Thunder on the road. That was awesome. Andrew Wiggins buzzer beater. That That game review is not on the recent show. I actually thought they were going to lose and then beat the uh, the uh, Thunder this coming Friday. So that's a bonus. Hopefully the Wolves can uh, have a really, really good week here. And Amazing. Nice to see the chemistry starting to form a little earlier than expected. Back to Gerald. I says, sorry, I, I always have to post so late. Don't get to comment until after the game comes on Game Pass. But you made it. Um, he says, pretty solid again. Biggest difference I see this year is more consistent play on the O-line. They are giving us chances to extend drives and let our defense rest. They really are. See? See, though, it's just, you know, the game is one in the trenches. Both sides of the trenches, by the way. Both sides of the trenches. The most boring position in football is the offensive line. But you know what? It's the most, it's one of the most vital positions on the planet. I mean, you know, okay, let's continue. More consistent play from the O-line. They're giving us chances to extend drives and let our defense rest. Yes, see, when the defense couldn't rest last year, down they went. Down, 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 down. Our D is pretty darn good when they don't have to stay out in the field all day. Doesn't hurt anything that they are number one in the NFL right now getting off the field on third down. Isn't that amazing? According to NFL.com, a very Super Bowl-worthy defense we have right now. Yep. Skull on to London. Please, Vikings, don't choke on this. Get us to the bye at 6-2, and and you are damn right there. You are absolutely damn right with that one. Um, I think that's it, unless there were visitor posts. There used to be in the past, like Brett Jacobson used to post a lot, and he's kind of been off the, uh, he's been uh, he's been away, and that's kind of too bad. Yep, there's one more, Sebastian Barton, and I do appreciate this. Welcome back, Teddy Karak. Congrats on the thumbs up from the docks. Okay, where's the Teddy Bridgewater post? I must have just jumped right past it. Let's go back. Let's backtrack. I knew I was missing something. See, here it is. So I was saying, basically, don't stop believing Teddy Bridgewater has been cleared to practice. That was on Monday. And, of course, he started practicing on Wednesday. Uh, you know, And Sebastian starts things off with number one, Keenum, two, Bridgewater, three, Slaughter, Bradford, IR. Yep, um, a couple replies on this comment from Sebastian. Brian Rents. Brian Rents says, I'd wait on Bradford to IR if somehow Teddy isn't good and Keenum gets hurt in, say, four weeks. I'd like to have Sam as the backup plan. Move Slaughter to practice squad after bye week and let Teddy be backup. Sebastian says, got to make room on the roster somewhere for him. And that's the other thing. I mean, we guess we'll have to wait and see with that. Um, Brian Rents says, 
Don't need to make room for up to three weeks. He can practice, but not play for three weeks. Slip Slaughter to practice squad after bye. If Teddy is ready, and I kind of agree with the Slaughter thing there. If Teddy is ready sooner than move Slaughter, then move Slaughter sooner or cut Coley or Adams. They have seven wide receivers. There was a time they were saying they were even going to say cut Jerry is right. I wouldn't cut Jerry's right. The guy catches. The guy can catch the ball and he can make plays. And I've always liked Jerry's right. I, you know, just you know, if when he actually gets a chance to play, he he's good. You know, Jerry's right has proven himself time and time and time again. I've always liked that guy. I've always liked Jerry's right. Anybody that can make plays, just like Adam Thielen. Once they started throwing him the ball, now everybody loves Adam Thielen, and a lot of people see him as a number one or number two receiver in football. Like that, he, they, the, him and even him and Stephon Diggs, if he could ever stay bleeping healthy, which I think is ponder worthy at this stage. I'm getting sick of the guy being hurt the last two years. Um, if he could stay bleeping healthy, I mean, it just makes the offense that much better. Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen's value is insane to this club. Um, but I think uh, boy, Jerry, Jerry is right is a very good player. He made multiple really good catches today that, uh, that were they weren't the best passes ever, but he made. Uh, Keenum better today. Sebastian Barton says, I'd say cut Adams. Coley is more versatile. Yes. Uh, Adams showed nothing pretty much. Uh, he had a little play later in the preseason, which gave me a little hope, but I think Coley's a guy that I, I want to keep. I like Coley a lot. Reggie Reggie Adams Jr. out of Mankato says, until Keenum proves otherwise, he's our starter. For now, yes, uh, but I'd rather see Teddy at some point. I think he brings a little bit more. Ah, uh, boy. Yeah, this is a busy little section, but I'm not surprised. It should be busy, and it got and it got active during uh, today, as well. Um, I want to see where Brian Rents is from. I'm curious now, just curious. I probably shouldn't even load this up because now it'll probably be slow and not load, which is exactly what it's doing. Oh boy, why did I do that? We're not going to worry about that right now. Dave Hickey says I'm with Sebastian for now. Let Teddy get some work at practice. Then come in later in the year for the stretch run unless Case struggles bad for two or three games. Leland out of Iowa says, I agree with you both. Let him practice. Let him take practice snaps. It's usually never a good decision to bench a winning quarterback. If Case keeps winning, keep starting him, although Teddy is a superior quarterback in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Gerald String, that's a good good thought there. Uh, Gerald String says, wow, great to see Teddy back on the active roster. I'm with the majority. Keenum has not showed any reason right now. He can't play in this league. Yep. Yeah, uh, he says, love the fire he has when we make a big play. It will be nice to have Teddy on the back burner. Yeah, I mean, see, Teddy can just kind of watch and learn and get stronger and, and healthier if it comes to it. Uh, if Keenum is the quarterback the rest of the year, it won't kill me. And we're 5-2, and two, so all right. We haven't necessarily played the Patriots yet, so. But, yeah, when when do we play the Patriots? And it seems like it doesn't matter who, who who's on this team when, when we play the Patriots. Tony Coleman shows the notification, this was 10 hours ago, that Teddy Bridgewater's earliest return to the Vikings would be by week 10. So it's coming. Um, so are we going to look ahead a little bit? Are we going to do that? Are we going to do that right now? Could do we, Should we? Let's get to Dave Hickey first here. He says, I can't wait to see him play again and lead us to the promised land. And week 10 would be at Washington on November 12th. Week 10 would be at Washington. That just might happen. Um, can't seem to wait to see him play again and to lead us to the promised land, and I pray to God he stays healthy the rest of his career. He deserves it. Agree all the way, guys. This is good, and great thoughts by Brian Rents. I think he's uh, 
I think he's a star candidate. And welcome to the show, Brian Rents. If uh, I haven't heard from you before, Mankato, Minnesota. Mankato, Minnesota. I think he's a fairly new one. Um, I uh, I hope he's a member of the page. I'm not 100% sure. Maybe he might be up. Oh, I don't know. I hope he is. Uh, I don't think he is officially. That's That's interesting. He might be, he might not be. I don't know, but um, I hope he can join in for Mankato. Hopefully he's a listener. Maybe, maybe not, but uh, thank you for commenting at the very least. We appreciate that. So, the stars for this week are going to be, I'm going to give the gold star. Boy, you said a lot of candidates on this show. Oof, there are so many candidates on this particular episode. I think, um, boy, oh boy. You know, Sebastian in the past has said he doesn't really want a star, so I'm kind of debating all over the place. Gerald definitely is a star. I mean, that was huge. Boy. Boy, this is tough. Um, I'm going to give the gold star to Tene Brown out of New Zealand. I think it's his first. Silver star with gold plate all over it is Gerald Zring. Just awesome. Uh, Bronze star. It's going to go to a couple here. It's going to go to... Brian Rents for sure is going to get it. Uh, boy, I'm trying to remember. Brian Rents is definitely going to get the... Uh, yep, Brian Rents is going to get a bronze star. And this one, Josh Mayer Henry is going to get another. Uh, awesome. And all, all of you deserve one, obviously. Mad Martin is like a silver, you know, every week at least, if not gold. Mark Carlson, same thing. You know, Dave Hickey, same thing. Gerald, same thing. I mean, you guys, I mean, it's just kind of a week-by-week week thing. So don't don't ever take it personally like, oh, he didn't like it. Yes, I did like it. I mean, your poses are just awesome. So, again, I mean, it's just certain times I, I just get a feeling, just, just my flow and this and that, and it's nothing against, I mean, your your comments are just spectacular. Like, Dave Vicky is just a superstar. You know, and obviously Mark is too. Yeah, you know, Dave Mark, I mean, you guys, I mean, I could go all, all, all the time, and I can't give it to the same people every week. That's another big thing. But also certain other people, they're just so damn good. And they always deserve a star. And it's like, you feel sick when they don't get one. And that's kind of how I feel all the time. I always feel sad about some not getting one. And I feel thrilled about the people that do. And it's kind of like that back and forth. And it's not trying to be cute or overly sentimental either. Like, uh, uh, what, what's that stupid word? Oh, what's that word I just learned recently? I can't get it. It's, it's a Yiddish word where it's like somebody's overly emotional all the time. And it's just silly. And, it's, and it reeks of fake and mushy. It's just, blah. no, that's not what I'm trying to do at all. That's kind of the last thing I am, actually. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave that alone, though. Um, thanks again. Really appreciate it. Please do give a positive rating on iTunes out there that uh, are listening that haven't done so yet. It's not lonely. It's just bored. It's, 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 it's bored. It needs some more. It needs some more on there. It's been a long time since uh, somebody has, uh, it's dormant up there. I, I wouldn't even say it's bored. It's dormant. It's just been inactive and sad. So iTunes is crying out for some more positive uh, feedback. So please do write a positive review. Somebody out there, if you could, would appreciate it greatly. I guarantee a star for you on the next episode. Um, also, if you want to interact with the show, be like Mad Martin or Tenay on Timberwolves Explosion when he's able to. There's uh, the call-in line, which is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling it the Purple Mafia. Statement, shout-out, comment, question, opine, whatever it is. You're more than welcome on board. There's the call-now button on the Facebook page, which is purplemafia.com forward slash purplemafia show. The 
Purple Mafia Facebook page. Do give that a like. I think I mentioned this was the Facebook page just now after the Twitter account. I'm so disoriented. I don't even know if I did. I'm just weird today. Whew. I feel so weird. <laughs> so, yes. And, of course, a shout-out to MN Vikings Haven as well. Do give that page a like and interact in the game threads, the news, during the course of the season, the off-season, whatever it is. Do join that page. Trevor Wickerin, kind enough to allow me to post links to Pro Mafia on his page. Thank you again very much, Trevor Wickerin. But again, the call now button on the Facebook page goes to the same phone line. It's through Facebook Messenger. It's completely free no matter where you are. You could be on the International Space Station. It won't make any difference. It'll still work as long as there's Wi-Fi or some type of internet connection that can let you through. And yep, you don't have to worry about long distance of any kind. Even though long distance has become more of a thing of the past. Congratulations, the Patriots officially have won the game. So 5-2 and two Patriots after all the crap they've been through too. What a weird season, man. Weird, but the more things change, the more they stay the same. The Patriots are probably the best team in the AFC again because Kansas City's a fraud, baby. Kansas City's a fraud, and I think Pittsburgh is too. <laughs> watch Kansas, watch New England versus Jacksonville. <laughs> watch, just just watch, seriously. But uh, the final way to get in to the show is audio submission, the audio submission route. You can uh, use the smart your smart device, the free voice recorder on there. Record. There's uh, less of a time limit with that. Once you record it, save it, and send it to PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. Live at Yahoo.com. And there it is. I will turn it and convert the file into an MP3, slide it into the show, and you're, there you are, interacting with me on Purple Mafia. Thanks again in advance, and welcome aboard the show for those of you that are willing to do so. All the information I just mentioned about the Facebook page, the Twitter account, and, of course, the email address for copy and paste purposes are all in the show description for your convenience along with, again, the actual show description itself, talking about the 5-2 uh, and two Vikings, at least in this particular week. It's going to be a slight cool down this week. going to be nice and dry, though, again, as the fall leaves start to fall some more as they kind of get to a point where fall cleanups are going to start beginning. And I'm going to do my best to keep up with this show. Luckily, it's Sundays, so the odds of this show continuing during the... Uh, fall cleanup season are pretty high. I've generally been able to keep up with it a little bit easier than the other two shows because this is, again, a Sunday show, Sunday-centric show where I can sit down and watch the game and keep up. But uh, I don't know. And if there is any reason that I need to cancel the show for the week, I will let you know on Facebook as soon as I can. But other than that, I should be able to keep up and keep things rolling as best I can. But uh, that could mean a little bit of a little more inactivity during the week, though, depending on what happens. I, I always try to keep up with news, though, if possible, particularly, who knows, like Teddy Bridgewater being cleared to practice, stuff like that. I try to get it up there so you can comment and interact with me on here in the fan interaction segment. So thanks again, everybody. Do enjoy the week. Do enjoy the fall colors. Usually it's the lighter week for lawn mowing, but as we lead into the evil, yucky fall cleanups, Praying to God for more rain, more uh, dry air and less rain and less moisture. That would be nice. Make things a little bit easier. Take care, everybody. Good night, good day, good morning, whatever it is. And we'll be back hopefully with a 6-2 club after London. And I would damn well hope so.